Hi, I'm Ben Novak. You're listening to a Budapest Beacon podcast. Joining me today in the studio, the very famous and fabulous Lily Beyer. Lily, thank you for coming by. It's great to be here. And joining me in the other corner here is the Justin Spike. Justin, great to have you here. Hello, Ben. Today we're going to talk about Vladimir Putin's visit to Budapest and how opposition parties responded to the second visit from the Russian president this year alone. So, Lily, can you tell me why Vladimir Putin was in Budapest yesterday? Well, in theory, he was here for the World Judo Championships. Of course, he's a great judo fan. Um, but this was not all about sports. He did have a formal meeting of Prime Minister Orban um, where they discussed policy, including the Paks nuclear power plant and some gas pipelines. Justin, how was this uh, reported by the Hungarian media? Uh, well, the Hungarian media kind of brought together all of the things which uh, Putin and Orban were said to have discussed, the primary uh, topic being the Paks nuclear facility uh, investment on the part of Russia. Um, the biggest thing to come out of those discussions was the confirmation by Putin and by Hungary's foreign minister, Peter Siarto, that construction of the, Paksh, the additional nuclear reactors at Paks would begin as early as January of next year. And so one of the reasons why I'm asking you guys what was discussed and you know why they were here is because there was no press conference after after the meeting, which you one would expect might might happen when you have uh, you know two heads of government hanging out with each other. Well, I think this, as as Lily mentioned, ostensibly this was kind of an informal visit on on Putin's part. He came to watch the judo, uh, but they did manage to discuss what is in fact kind of the largest and the most prominent uh, issue in terms of bilateral relations between Hungary and Russia, that being the Paks project, and that's basically the biggest news which came out of this visit. So there were very few official statements coming out about the meeting between uh, between Orban and Putin. Let's talk briefly about the the protests. On Sunday, LMP had a protest. On on Monday, Edut had a protest, and also Momentum had a protest. Lily, you attended all three of these. So what did you see? Um, so on Sunday night, I think the leadership of LMP was quite disappointed. They had less than 100 people show up to their protest in front of parliament. Um, so for a party that has uh, put so much emphasis on the Pax nuclear power plant project and their opposition to this project, both on national security and environmental grounds, um, I think that this was uh, a pretty uh, bitter reminder that um, the Hungarian public, although it probably is um, against the project, um, is not motivated really to actively oppose um, the, the construction of the plant. And what, what did you notice about the EDUT protest on Monday? On Monday morning, EDUT had a total of 15 activists. One five. One five, um, including uh, Peter Juhas, uh, the party's leader, uh, protesting near the arena in the morning. Uh, I think a part of the reason why turnout was very low was um, that they did not announce the exact location of the protest until an hour ahead of time, probably because of police permitting problems. Um, and it was also a Monday. But the, the greater problem here for Edut, uh, regardless of these considerations, is that uh, an issue like Russia, that they have put 
so much effort uh, into educating their voters about is simply not getting the kind of traction that they hope for. A lot of opposition parties hope that opposition to Russia is the one thing that can galvanize voters and motivate people from across the spectrum to oppose Orban. But what we saw in both the LMP and the Edut, and as we'll talk about in a little bit in the momentum protest, um, is that it's not really working. Justin, can you tell me a bit about the protest that happened inside uh, the Poplas Little Sport Arena? Sure. So Putin was supposed to arrive quite early in the in the day to the to the Poplas Little Sport Arena, but he was quite late by several hours and showed up only around 4 p.m. By the time he did get there, a number of activists who had gone inside and essentially waited for him inside the arena where the judo championship was taking place, they stood up, they held up signs which they had brought with them, they put on Putin masks uh, meant to mock the Russian president, and they chanted slogans. Um, Reports indicated that there was probably around 15 or fewer activists uh, who showed up actually inside the arena to voice their opposition to Putin's visit. Uh, All of those activists were taken away by security. So the upstart opposition party Momentum, which just just recently became a uh, political party from a movement, Uh, They actually had a very eventful day on Monday. They started off by putting stickers on street signs, depicting the old communist era names of uh, city streets here in Budapest. They also printed out old newspapers from the communist era, old Nipsabachag newspapers about, who was it, Leonid Brezhnev visiting visiting Hungary again and like a little slogan across the newspaper that said, uh, what was it, let's not let this happen again, something to to that effect. And then in the late afternoon, Momentum held their own protest. Now, unlike the other protests that happened in Budapest on the Pest side, Momentum's protest was in Buda, up on the Gellert Hill, which overlooks central Budapest. And it was a torch-wielding protest. I ran into all of you guys and also our photographer extraordinaire, Balaj, at this protest. Lily, tell me what were your impressions? Because this was a lot different from what we had seen with the LMP and the Edu protests. This was incredibly different. Uh, So the crowd gathered um, in a park. Um, They lit up torches and then they started a slow procession up the hill carrying these torches. They had a car playing music like the Beatles back to the USSR. Um, But one thing that we noticed was that like previous uh, momentum protests, uh, the crowd was not really chanting many slogans. They were quiet. They, they were, were awfully quiet. They were incredibly quiet, quiet uh, moving up the hill. And, and it was the same way back on May 1st when momentum had a march on the Pest side. Um, they had uh, very few posters that were homemade. They did have their um, fancy momentum flags, but the actual participants were they were quiet and they did not seem to have been prepared um, coming there. When they got up um, to the citadel, then there were some chants of uh, Europe. Um, and during the speeches, we did hear a bit more enthusiasm. Ruski Kaza. Yeah, you know, Russians, Russians go, go home. home. Um, some shouts of traitor. 
uh, when uh, Orban's relationship with Putin was discussed. So, so they did wake up a bit, but it was very noticeable that the crowd on its own d- did not seem very certain on the way to the protest of, you know, what message exactly they, they wanted to convey, or at least they were people perhaps that were um, less used to protesting, though we did see some familiar faces from different protest movements there. All right. So about 200, 250 people attended Momentum's uh, protest. When this protest finally made it to the stage, there were some speeches. What was interesting about uh, this particular event and a previous event that I had attended by, um, that was hosted by Momentum, is that they seem to be using this very nationalist approach now to kind of garnering support for themselves and for whatever their agenda is right now. Justin, Lily, you guys were there at the protest. Did you notice this as well? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, um, I think these opposition parties are really hoping to be able to galvanize um, undecided voters or perhaps disaffected voters out of Fidesz and Jobbik with this anti-Russian message, which is really transformed into a pretty nationalist message. We could see that at, uh, at the Momentum protest, uh, people chanting things like Ruski Khaza, Russians go home. Granted, this is a this is kind of a battle cry from the '56 revolution, so it has some historical context. But but um, this kind of anti-Russian sentiment and and reducing the political uh, contexts down to the the good and benevolent West versus the evil and autocratic East is something that uh, that momentum has really been pushing in order in order to make it one of their primary political messages. I think the most fascinating speech actually was not by the top momentum leadership, but rather by a member of momentum from Dunaui Varos, who spoke about his family's experience in Transcarpathia in Western Ukraine. Uh, he talked about a family member's experience with the Malenki robot, which is, was essentially forced labor um, uh, that uh, ethnic Hungarians uh, had to perform um, during during the Soviet period after the war. And it was really fascinating to hear that at an opposition protest because usually um, references to this period of history are made by the Fidesz government. Um, when the Fidesz government goes to Ukraine, for example, when members of the government go to Ukraine, they often meet with representatives of ethnic Hungarians there and talk about discrimination and historical discrimination um, against uh, the, the ethnic Hungarian minority. So I think that the choice was a very deliberate one. Um, I think Momentum wanted to show that they can appeal not only to people in Budapest and in the countryside, but also to ethnic Hungarian voters abroad. Hungarian news portal Index uh, ran an article, I believe, earlier in the day with the photos of the uh, ethnic Hungarian uh, soldiers who were killed in the conflict in eastern Ukraine. Um, But I think that um, politically for Momentum, in a way, this is their coming out party. Um, as a, a force that is trying to to fill a void within the conservative nationalist part of the Hungarian political spectrum. I, I certainly was left with the same impression after I went to Momentum's party last Sunday, or the Sunday before last, um, when they unveiled these uh, circles of action that they will be doing around around the country, which is not too unlike Fidesz's own civil circles. Um, from the 2002 to 2010 period, 
Really interesting how you see these parallels between momentum, a young momentum now, and a Fides on the rise from from long ago. Right, and even the the choice of a name for the protest this week, Europa Menet, I think was a play on Fidesz's Beke Menet, the peace marches that Fidesz supporters used to run. Um, I think that for Momentum, uh, a big challenge will be getting this message to a crowd that would be receptive to it. Because I think uh, what I noticed, and perhaps you noticed as well, was when some of the more nationalist messages uh, were made from that stage on Monday night, the crowd wasn't responding very Yeah, they strongly. couldn't quite find their place with that. They didn't really know how to handle handle those messages. What did you make of that, Justin? Did you notice that too? Absolutely. There was some pretty awkward moments, and it was clear that while while uh, one of Momentum's members, more prominent members, Daniel Berg, was giving his speech, he was the first to speak uh, at the event or at the protest at the, at the Citadel, and he gave a very fiery speech. He was very charismatic and, and loud and obviously trying to, to rally the crowd. But there were many, many moments when it was obvious that he was not really captivating their attention. And I think Momentum supporters, who by and large are young, somewhat liberal, uh, somewhat middle class uh, Hungarians, largely from the cities, uh, Budapest especially, I think that they too are finding themselves a little bit confused about what kind of political um, ideology Momentum is attempting to represent. And when they hear this, these kinds of nationalist messages coming from these fiery speeches given by Momentum leaders, I think they're really kind of unsure of what to make of it all. Well, this podcast isn't about Momentum, but I do think we should talk about it because yesterday's protest was very telling in that Momentum evolved from a movement into a party. When it was a movement, it was a single issue movement. That's how it kind of blew up on the national stage. You know, we had this referendum, the Budapest 2024 No Olympics campaign, um, hugely successful for Momentum. They were able to mobilize a bunch of people for one particular cause, one issue, and they were able to get all that support. But when they transitioned to, into a party, um, it wasn't quite clear what Momentum's platform is actually going to be. And as Lily pointed out months ago, I think back in May when you wrote the article about the May Day uh, protest that they had here, is that they don't have a, a party platform. They've promised that they will come out with a party platform by October, uh, but I think they're, they're using this time in order to gauge public sentiment on a number of issues in order to, in order to curate their platform. In a sense, it, it, it appears to me to curate their own ideologies in order to serve the needs or the, or the desires of the people. So it seems to me they're not really coming to the table with an ideology that they possessed genuinely, but rather they are slowly forming it uh, to... Trying to gauge the reception of the... Right. Uh, yeah, the voters. In a way, I mean, that is classic Fides. That is Viktor Orban's strategy. It's what he's good at. And I think that uh, whether um, they like it or not, um, the Momentum leadership appear to be emulating this um, in their approach. After all, Orban started as a liberal. He saw that didn't quite work. He moved to the right. And he is perhaps the grandmaster of adjusting his ideology based on what he thinks will play politically in Hungary. Is there enough room on the right for momentum? I mean, you've got you've got Fides and Jobbik. You've got Fides and Jobbik right now who dominate that playing field, and uh, that that does seem to be one solid voter base there that you can really, you know, grab support from. Uh, is there room for momentum there? Well, Hungary's right wing is uh, exceptionally developed. Let's say you have Fides, which has become, in in many people's estimation 
a far-right party. Uh, Jobbik, which is still moving farther to the center as Fidesz moves farther to the right, but we can still call Jobbik, I think, a far-right party. Uh, and then we have other conservative movements which are which are coming up uh, in order to, to counter this shift to the, to the far right by Fidesz, I think, in this new party, Uikazdet, or New Start, which is made up mostly of, uh, of local mayors on the center right, uh, people who seem to be fed up with, with, the, with the sort of schizophrenic uh, political machinations of, of the ruling party and trying to fill that gap on the center right. So I think, you know, uh, on the right side of the aisle in Hungary, it's pretty full up. What will be interesting to watch is how Fidesz handles momentum, because right now the government media and media close to the ruling Fidesz party are attacking uh, momentum mercilessly. But there is also a possibility that momentum benefits the government because it does split the opposition vote even further. So I think this is something that we'll have to watch over the next few months. And I think it's also important to note that uh, there are some people who are opponents or otherwise observers of Momentum who suspect and who have made innuendo which suggests that Momentum might in fact be a plant by Fidesz in order to further divide the opposition. Well, that's it for our podcast. Lily Beyer, thank you very much for coming by today. Thanks for having me. Justin, thanks for coming by. I was already here. Thank you, Ben. (laughs) 